Everyman Podcast. Everyman. Oh, the Corona Chronicles continue. Daryl, how you doing, bro? Dude, man, doing all right, man. Blessed to be on the Everyman Highway with my my brother Justin, brother Jay, the man. That's What's right. What's going on with you, bro? Uh, you know, just hanging, uh, clipping and dripping, uh, beat doom, uh, looking for something new now. Uh, yeah, you know, just uh, spending some time in my studio, uh, kind of wrapping my head around some musical ideas that I've been having lately, uh, yeah. getting my toes back in that pool a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, just just hanging out and doing the podcasts, having a great time. Uh, we've been connecting with a lot of really cool people from all over the country uh, that we've been we're trying to connect with for a while. It's been uh, it's been a blast. Dude, dude, dude! I got, I gotta, I gotta press the rewind button. You, you, you dipping your toe back in the music game. Now you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the chief with this thing. What, what are we, what are we saying? Are we saying they're coming back or what's going on? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I just, mean, I, I see. I'm like a the way I the way I operate is I, I'm a I'll I'll kind of stare at a target for a long, long time and then I'll pounce mm-hmm. like a uh, like a big cat. You know, uh, shout out to Joe Exotic, uh, the Tiger mm-hmm. King, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I uh, I'm in that I'm in that stage right now where I'm circling um, and preparing to pounce. So there's definitely you know I've been having some things on my mind, and I got all this Corona time on my hands, Corona time, Corona bucks. Uh, so yeah. usually yeah. when I've got Corona time and Corona bucks, uh, that traditionally has resulted in some sort of uh, artistic expression. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. But it's definitely got my wheels my wheels are winding. Corona time and Corona bucks, C squared, baby, dude, C squared. I can't wait, can't wait, <laughs> can't wait for those C bucks, man. Good money, big C, C coming my way. C bucks. That's right. So uh, today on the uh, Every Man, we've got uh, an Every Woman interview, which is awesome. I always love awesome. when we can have a have a solid Every Woman uh, podcast. And uh, today we've got Miss Santia Deck, aka the Queen of Abs, and uh, she's a social media maverick, professional athlete, uh, track star worldwide you name it uh check her out on instagram track baby zero zero one um and you know if you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you you, you come to us by way of uh, track baby zero zero one's instagram thanks for checking us out uh you know check out the archives we've got a lot of great great interviews uh you know nfl uh nfl legends um you know world-class musicians uh you know mm-hmm. prospective nasa astronauts all sorts of interesting things here on the everyman podcast so check it out give us a review in itunes apple podcast and uh, subscribe and so you don't miss any of the action going forward and uh, i think with that bro let's kick it to our interview with the queen of abs santia deck already done Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is a one-of-a-kind athlete. She is the queen of abs. Ladies and gentlemen, the everywoman, Santia Deck. Santia, how are you, miss? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Where are you and what's up? So um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, but I uh, I reside in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, currently everybody's kind of in quarantine, so... I'm just trying to, you know, stay in shape the best way I can and make the most out of this situation. So, uh, you know, obviously uh, you, you and Daryl met at the uh, 2020 NFL Combine right before this all broke down. Tell, tell us uh, and our listeners what you were doing at the Combine. 
So um, I was actually out there with um, with a Kevin Hart's trainer, um, boss, and we were out there kind of going through the combine drills, um, pretty much just kind of putting our athletic abilities to the test compared to NFL players. And man, I learned, <laughs> I learned so much um, from that <laughs> from that experience that it's not as easy as as it looks. The forty definitely is not as easy as it looks because I thought because I ran track all my life, I'll be I'll be able to go out there and run like a four or five, and that did not happen. So <laughs> I realized how much technique goes into it and how much training. And, uh, man, it just – it definitely is – I have a different perspective and a lot more respect for what they do. Now, is the 40 different because you're you're used to training yourself to, to kind of manage your, your – you know, your, your stamina and your energy for a longer distance? So it's just – shortening it into that 40 yards is that why it's it's kind of a, a difficult thing to adjust to than say um, like a hundred meter yeah i mean because you uh, it's just a technique for me um uh, because i've never actually uh trained for 40 or i've honestly never even came out of a three-point stance before even in track i never came out of one so just yeah. learning how to even properly do that and making sure you're staying low and making sure your hands are positioned correctly it's just a lot even your breathing like all of that comes into play with the 40 and I just yeah I just haven't haven't had any experience with it so it was definitely a challenge yeah Daryl sent me that video and I, I gotta tell you you know the first time <laughs> early on when when I started hanging out with Daryl he took me to the gym and he had me puking in like 10 minutes just running ladders and doing crazy body squats <laughs> with poker chips so I, I trust me I, I I get it the it's the, the stuff you guys are doing is, is at a whole nother level um it was really cool seeing somebody uh from a different athletic background kind of come in and uh compete with that and and seeing how you guys stacked up against uh, some of the other people I think the Madden the Madden ratings adjuster guy was a little you know yeah I think he was a little something else man <laughs> you know hey I got a question for you so did were you did you have shoes on like regular shoes when you were doing the forty? Because like you could like that that's you you did that on turf like that's if you just had like your gym shoes on that's crazy. No, actually, I, I wait. Did I have my gym shoes on? Because I, I like I, re, I remember when I was I was shouting across stuff. I was like, yo, like what you out there? You were running around with Ron. I'm like, is she out there with gym shoes on? Because like there ain't no way you can you run know, that thing. Oh no no no! So I actually warmed up in my regular shoes and then I put on cleats. I was like, man, there's no way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and then they no said, way. what did Ron say? He said, you, you didn't do 20. I don't, he he might've just been, 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 been pulling me, but he was like, you did like 50 reps or 20 reps or 225. I said, like, not 50 reps. I was like, he said 20 reps or 225. And I was like, what? Dang, yeah. He did not. like 25 oh, in that no. video. I think <laughs> like, how many did no, you do? I didn't even. I couldn't, first of all, I can't even do 225 because I weigh 130 pounds. I was like, because I, like, I remember when I was a comp, I was like, man, I only did like 24, 25. I was like, man, I need to get in the gym. That's crazy. Oh, hold on. If I would have did 225, 25 times, I think we'll be having a whole different conversation. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, for real. You'd, you'd, differently <laughs> you'd, be, uh, right. you'd be in the Brock Lesnar territory. Uh, you know, that'd be, that'd be nuts. Right. No, no. Yeah. I wish I'm gonna get there one day though. I'm gonna train for it and see see what happens. <laughs> yeah, get your own combine going. That's uh, that's really cool. And, and um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about your track, uh, your track background. So um, I'm actually uh, I've got a, a little bit of understanding and, and knowledge on it. My my brother, um, my older brother, growing up was uh, 
you know, little little track star. So I always enjoyed uh, track and field, and it's a it's kind of a sport that um, is not on the top of people's minds ever when you say like, oh, what do you play? Um, you know, it's like way down the list for most people. So how did you kind of end up uh, in track and what were your events and, and what was your career like with that uh, up to where you are now? Um, so I ran the, um, the 100, 200 and four by one. Um, and it, I pretty much, you know, I started running when I was like six years old. So it was literally my entire life up until um, a few years ago because I stopped running at 24 and I'm 28 right now. So um, honestly, track is the reason why I think I've been able to be as successful at these different sports that I played, especially obviously rugby and football, um, because speed speed does matter in those sports. Um, so so yeah. Um, I'm sorry. What was the other part of the question? I'm sorry. I was walking off the track and almost fell. So I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, safety first and then teamwork. Um, no, they're just, just asking like, um, you know, how did you get drawn into track and, and, and where did that, your career with track go, you know, as you, as you got older oh, through, yeah. through high school and, and everything like that, where, how, explain to us kind of your, your history with track. Um, so I, I did get a full ride to, uh, Texas A&M Kingsville, um, so I did run all four years in college. Once college was over, um, I did try to go pro. Um, I was actually training for the 2000, what was it, 16 Olympics, I believe. Um, and unfortunately, I did get the injury. So um, I kind of like hung up my cleats after that because I had been, you know, I was injured a lot throughout my track career. And I was like, you know what, God, I'm going to give this one more chance. If I get injured again, then I'm just going to assume that track in my future. Um, and unfortunately, I did get injured. And so I kind of just let that go. Do you find that um, with track, the the kind of solo competitive nature of it, where it's it's different than a lot of other sports, where you are obviously you're competing against other um you know, schools or teams at a meet, but you're also really competitive with yourself to kind of improve your timing. Do you think that that has helped you with the competitive edge when you get into things like football and rugby? I, I do believe that because I, I, I still, obviously I'm focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'm very hard on myself and I always feel like I'm competing against myself, even though obviously I'm competing against other people. Um, but I do push myself, I feel like, a lot more probably than somebody that only played team sports because I'm used to that. I'm used to having to pull whatever I have out of myself. So for me, like, even being, you know, on the, on the field as a running back, I'm still, like, very focused on, okay, make sure you're cutting correctly. Make sure you're reading your blocks. Make sure you're finding the gaps. Like, I'm still thinking about that um, probably more so than the average running back because I'm like, you know, that's just kind of like who I am, you know, because obviously track, you, you have to focus on, you know, making sure you're pushing yourself through the finish line, making sure your start is correct, you know, making sure you, just mentally that, you know, you're prepared for things. So um, I think that does kind of add an edge, um, you know, when you're a track athlete or just a solo sport athlete coming into team sports because you're going to push yourself more so than even your team. So to me, that's just kind of like, I don't know, that's just – always been a, I guess a big help for me yeah I would imagine that that gives you a real competitive edge so talk to us a little bit about football um how did you you know 
obviously I'm, how did you get into playing, you know, professionally, but where did that uh, seed start? Have you always been a football fan? So, yeah. So um, I actually grew up um, with three brothers. Uh, one of them is actually my twin brother. They all played football. They all um, were running backs. Um, and so I was literally always at somebody's football game from the time <laughs> I was four years old till now. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I just, I always wanted to be out there. You know, I never wanted to be a cheerleader. I was always like, mom, I want to go out there and play with, you know, with my brother. And, you know, um, I did, she did allow me to go to a few practices with my twin and I actually did really good. This is when I was like maybe six years old and I actually did pretty good. But, um, of course, you know, you know, your mom doesn't want, you know, your, your, I guess her, her daughter getting hit in the, the chest and stuff or whatever by, by guys. So she just, you know, eventually was like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. But I was actually really good. Like my footwork has always been pretty phenomenal because I was always out there, you know, cut, you know, doing drills, catching the ball, running routes with my brothers. So it was kind of like a natural thing. And I was a tomboy. So I was trying to do every single thing that my brothers did. And I was actually, I could keep up with them, you know, <laughs> they might say, they might say that uh, I, I didn't, but you know, they know that I was out there, you know, kind of keeping up with them. But I do think having my brothers is definitely why I've gotten as far as I have, because if I came even close to doing as well as them, of course, if I got on a field with females, it was light work. So I think always having like a guy, you know, that I'm that I'm chasing, that I'm trying to be better than, that's pushing me, that all that definitely helped me without, you know, with all my sports, period. So um but yeah, so that's how it started was when I was little. Um and then I got into track at six years old and that became my life. Um and then once track was over actually, I got into flag football. And so I was actually trying to find something to kind of fill that void of no longer being a track athlete. And um, I, I remember I was driving and I saw a sign for like a flag football practice. And I was like, you know what? Let me see how I do. So I went out there to the practice. As soon <laughs> The first route I did, my coach was like, oh, yeah, you're definitely on the team for sure. And so like um, pretty much my flag football career took off. I made the USA team. I made um, the international team as well. Um, and I'm sorry, I made the USA team. And I actually broke some records in my my, um, my local league. And so I, that started kind of getting the attention of like, you know, other, I guess, uh, sports, for example, like rugby. And it was some like international sport in India. I can't remember, remember like what it was, but they saw my, my film and everything. They wanted me to come out and try just different sports that I've honestly never heard of. But they, you know, my film kind of started floating around the internet. Julio Jones shouted me out. You know, I did some stuff with, uh, you know, um, Quavo at his little, um, you know, celebrity flag football game. And that just started kind of building the hype. And so um, once I kind of got into rugby, I put flag football kind of on the back burner for a while. But um, I, I trained all 2019 in hopes of making the USA rugby team. But unfortunately, um, I got injured in like last March and that kind of messed up my whole journey with that. And so once I was done with rugby, um, I actually got a call from the owner of the WFLA. Who, she pretty much has been, she's been scouting me since I was like in college. So she knew all about me and she came in and uh, she called my mom who's also my, my manager, and she gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. And that's kind of how we got here. That's awesome. Now, um, awesome. when you're talking about injuries, um, something I've gotten, you know, kind of uh, an understanding of uh, as I've gotten to know Daryl and, and some of some of his, 
you know, NFL alumni friends, um, is, is just the reality, like you're saying about athletics, which is, you know, injuries come with it. Is that something that you're, you're worried at, uh, about at all as you're, as you're getting more into your focus being on football and all the contact? Um, not really because, um, I kind of know at this point in my life, like what I need to do differently, um, in order to prevent that. And I have a, a really good team around me now as far as, like, my recovery team to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do. Um, and I was I was one of those athletes that even when my body was telling me to stop, I wasn't going to stop. I was going to keep going, right. push past my limits. And I learned that that doesn't make yeah. you weak yeah. if you don't. And so for me, I had to kind of reprogram my brain and just say, hey, like when when your body's saying you need to chill, you need to chill. And so now I've I've just taken a lot more, you know, I guess steps in order to, you know, get to a point to where I can actually listen to my body and not try to overdo it. And uh, I have a lot of people yelling at me too now. <laughs> so they're just like, hey, you know, I know you want to keep going, but you got to sit down. And um, you know, I'm finally listening to that, and it, it is definitely helping to keep me, you know, on the right track. So. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really worried about that anymore. That's good. You, you know, being able to yeah. you, the part of that maturity that comes with with anything is is being able to listen, right? And and knowing yeah. when you've got advisors, people that you trust that truly are on your team, you know, and, and they're saying, hey, listen, you know, take take a, take a break, take a little ice bath or whatever it is, you know, to chill out a little bit. Um, a question right. about the the flag football when you were when you're doing that when your hometown uh, and the tryouts and all that was that a women's only league or was that was that mixed? That was women's only league. Have you have you found um, like what's the competition level like for you? Obviously, because you're kind of like a super athlete popping in on a you know picking up a flyer for for flag football. I imagine there's a lot of people that uh, there's a big difference there. I mean, did it was it hard for you to kind of find um, a an area somewhere that you could really challenge yourself? Um. Surprisingly, what well, like, I guess what well, like a lot of people don't know the it's it's a lot of really really good athletes um, that play flag football that come from different sports that might have just retired from basketball or track or whatever. So there was a lot of talent. So um, you know as we like you know got further into our league when we started having like you know um, playoffs and stuff. Yeah, the talent is there's it's some really good girls. Honestly, I think a few of them are gonna probably you know join the league as well. But um, but yeah, like. And then also a lot of, like, LFL athletes, our WFA, which is, like, the other women's football tackle league, they were out there playing flag football as well, you know, in, in their off season. So there's a lot of athletes that play during their off season. So, yeah, it's, it was actually pretty competitive. That's really that's really awesome. Um, and and yeah. touching back on, on what you were saying about uh, the, the – Daryl sent me that video the NFL films uh, piece they did on that, on that, uh, was it Huncho party with Quavo and, um, yeah, it was day. What, what was that like being out on the field with all those? I mean, like for me, you know, just hanging out around Daryl, you know, and, and some of these guys, it's like, it's just weird being, uh, a, you know, a normal sized person around these, uh, super athlete <laughs> giant guys. Like, and, and then you look at like somebody like Cam Newton and there's that clip of you and Cam Newton and he's like a whole person, uh, above you and that's just like that would that would just like kind of freak me out uh, like in a grocery store let alone like running around full speed with all these guys but I guess they've got you know elite control of their bodies and everything but what was that like was that intimidating at all 
Oh my god, it was so much fun. Um, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was intimidating. Um, I just obviously like the first play I did. I I don't think they knew that I was like not just a a girl out there just playing to be cute. And so like when they actually saw me run, they're like, "Oh wow, okay, let's actually play now." Um, so it was like I had to prove a point in the beginning, and then like they actually started taking me serious. But having like, cause Alvin Kamara, he's one of my favorite, you know, athletes. Period. And they say Quan Barkley, he's one of my favorite running backs as well. So like playing with them on the field was kind of surreal, but it was a, uh, it was pretty cool just to see like I guess all of these athletes in one place and having fun and you know showing some of their skills and stuff. But um, nah, it was a. Uh, it was it was fun. I, I actually thought I would have been more nervous, but I really wasn't. I was just out there having fun and trying to, you know, put on for the girls, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. I thought it was awesome. I got to ask a question. Hey, Sam, just be honest. How many ankles okay. did you leave out there, man? I just I just want to know how many ankles Oh, my you left goodness. Out there. I, just wanna, cause I, I mean, I've seen the fitters. I've seen the footage. I've seen the tape. There are a couple people out there who, you know, there's some Nike still in the turf. Look, I'm not gonna say no names. I ain't gonna say no names, but it it was a few. It was a few. They know who they are, right? You know, it was cool about that. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, Jock Jams. Remember that back in the day, Daryl on uh, MTV, where they would have like Jock Jams. You know, they would get like uh, who was the Dean Kane? Because remember, he was Superman, but he played like he was a pitcher and a quarterback at like UCLA or something, and he would go out there and (laughs) light it up with all these other you know with musicians and athletes and stuff. I I I love that kind of stuff when they when they bring that you know those two worlds together with the with the sports and and the music. That that was really uh, that was really something. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it was definitely cool to we see. We gotta like, talk about that. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it, that was also really cool to see, like some, you know, some of like your favorite artists out there, like, and like I didn't realize like Quavo could really play. Yeah, he seems like a baller, mm-hmm. man. He looked like he yeah. looked like he knew what he was doing out there. Yeah, so that was pretty surprising actually. So it, yeah, it was it was really cool and, and funny at the same time. So yeah, it was it was a good experience. Well, I, and I, I just gotta say, you know, from a from a proud uncle standpoint, so I, I have I have three beautiful little nieces, and uh, two two of them are identical twins. Um, and my, my brother has them running. You know, they're they're doing they've been doing five Ks since they were you know four years old and stuff. And uh, they're becoming little track uh, passionate track athletes. And I'm definitely going to show them your videos uh, about what what's possible. Um, you know, when you stick with that path and and all that stuff. And you know, as somebody because it's kind of changed my perspective. You know, being being a uh, once I was concerned about little girls in my life, you know what I mean? Because I started thinking about, you know, role models and, and, and what's positive for them and people that are the first, right? Like maybe not the first, but the biggest, like Ronda Rousey is somebody who I, um, I really respect and what she's been able to do, um, in opening kind of, she just smashed the door down for this humongous wave of, of women, uh, mixed martial artists Mm -hmm. to kind of come behind her. And she may have had, she, she had a moment there where she was, you know, unbeatable, and then all of a sudden things changed, and that was that was probably the best thing uh, for the sport. And uh, you know, I hope that you can kind of, you know, be um, when I when I see all the things you're involved in and the the kind of the positivity that you bring to it. I, I really hope uh, that that's that that's in your future too, where you can kind of, you know, break down the door for for all the little ones out there that are that are behind you. And I think that's uh, that's that's the goal, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. I think people are realizing now that women aren't these little fragile 
you know, dainty flowers anymore. And it's, and I tell people all the time, because, you know, I do have to say this, um, I, I do believe in a balance of being, um, still being feminine and everything like that. But I do think people need to realize that you can also still be feminine, also, you know, be a beast as well. And, um, you know, as much as people think that I'm, I'm trying to go out and play, you know, in the NFL, because I get that a lot for whatever reason, people are still saying like, hey, so when are you going to be uh, in the NFL? I'm like, hey, um, I'm all about women empowerment, but I'm I'm five one, hundred and you know forty pounds. Um, I don't think I would last because I'm a running back. But I do, you know, let these people know that we do have our own league now. You know, it, we are out here, you know, also being paid and getting insured and things like that, just like the men. But we have our own lane. And so I know people are getting, I guess a lot of people are still getting that mixed up. Like, okay, so is this, are you like in the NFL? Are you trying to go to the NFL? And I'm like, no, you know, I just wanted to have the same platform and the same opportunities. Well, now we have that. And I I think is one of the things I want to touch on here. I saw, I saw a video you you were on Kelly Clarkson's uh, show. And I think, I think um, just speaking for myself here, when they phrase it, like, what's it like playing in a men's dominated sport? It makes it seem like you're trying to play with, and it's like, well, it's, you want to play women's football the same way Ronda Rousey didn't want to go, you know, fight uh, John Jones. It's the, it's like, there's no problem. That's not what we're, it's like, we're, not having that conversation, you know what I mean? Like we, we want to have a, we want to have football, you know, for women. And, uh, I think that's, that's really cool. And, um, I can see how it's confusing. How, I mean, how sweet was Kelly Clarkson? She is, uh, she is sweet as I imagine. She's amazing. She's like, literally it's like talking to like your best friend, like super humble, super down to earth. Like, you know, (laughs) just trying to obviously pull the best, you know, out of you as far as the conversation and, you know, shine light on the situation. But no, she's awesome. Like that's definitely probably the most fun interview and like not intimidating interview that I've had because she was just so chill. Well, she had a puppy. I mean, where can you go wrong? Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, yeah. The puppies made it a hundred times better. (laughs) That's yeah. That's, that's special. So tell me a little bit uh, about the women's football league association. So what's going on with that? Where is it, you know, in in development and and when can, uh, you know, how can we check that out and keep, keep uh, tabs on it? So, um, unfortunately, our exhibition season was canceled. Um, it was actually supposed to kick off um, in May. Uh, May 1st was actually going to be our first game in Vegas. So, um, due to the virus, you know, that's going around or whatever, um, that's, we're not going to actually have our official season until May 2021. So, um, right now, you know, everybody's just training. Um, obviously, this is a new league, so they're still, you know, um, things, I guess, that they're getting together as well. Um, but there's going to be 32 teams. Um, I'm playing for the L.A. team. And um, it's pretty much going to be structured very similar to the NFL as far as, like, the pay structure, um, insurance. Um, our season is going to be, like, a, I guess a summer league instead of so that we can, like, miss the NFL season, obviously, so that we're not competing with the NFL. Um, so that's good. But, um, yeah, like – this is first of its kind. Obviously, there's been there's a lot of women's tackle leagues out there, but obviously, what separates us is the fact that um, we're getting paid and we're getting insured, and um, we're gonna be on we're, we're playing in actual stadiums, not like 
high school stadiums, but actual stadiums and things like that. Um, and yeah, so I mean, it's it's a lot that they're putting into this. There's a lot of you know awesome people behind the league. The owner herself is Lupe Rose, um, and she's a woman, and um, she believes in of course women empowerment and women being able to do everything that men can do. Um, so she wants to give us our own platform because you know she knows that there's a lot of you know girls out here that want to play football, but we don't have the same platform. So she was like, why not make make my own, you know? And she did it. <laughs> so it's like, um, if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be her. And she's passionate about it. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm just, I can't wait to touch the field. That's that's incredible. I can't wait to the, check uh, it out. What's the training like now? Um, saying, like, since, you know, that you're going to miss the exhibition season. But, like, what what's the focus now since you have the extra time? Oh, man. Because, I mean, it's you, you been actually right pretty track, tough. Right? Yeah, it's been pretty tough, like, just trying to restructure, like, my whole entire training schedule because I was training, like, pretty hard. And so now I'm, like, having to scale back, like, almost 85%. So, like, I'm really just staying in shape, like, just making sure I'm doing something, being active. Like, right now I'm really not lifting – well, obviously with the gym being closed, but um, I'm just doing, like, strictly track workouts right now. Um, so, you know, once yeah. we get closer to knowing when this stuff is going to kind of die down, which we don't know, then that's when I'm going to get back into like, you know, specific position training and, and things like that, weight training and stuff like that. But I think right now everybody's kind of trying to figure out their schedule with training because it's a, uh, it threw everybody off to say the least, you know, everybody's kind of like in limbo right now. So, um, I'm just trying to just stay healthy, stay in shape and, you know, just wait till, um, you know, we get word on what's next. Can you talk to me about like some of the different types of training? Because I saw something where you had a ball and it was making a sound. And I, I mean, I know I'm old and I ain't been, you know, training with all the <laughs> technological advancements, but I ain't never seen no ball in the air and it's making sounds when you hold. I don't know what what that's all about. What, what is that new? What is that? Yeah, so that's actually um, a company that I'm a partner in. It's called High and Tight, and pretty much it's an interactive football that is specific, specifically for, like, running backs because it's teaching running backs how to properly hold the ball high and tight. So it pretty much helps prevent fumbles and um, helps with, like, building muscle memory and things like that. So pretty much if you're holding the ball correctly, which is high and tight, then it's going to make a sound. So if it's not making a sound, that means you're not holding the ball correctly. So um, it's just teaching, again, running backs how to properly, you know, go through contact and, you know, still make sure the ball is where it needs to be um, so that you don't fumble. And we have, like, you know, a lot of NFL teams using it right now. Um, and it's it's definitely uh, it's making a difference, <laughs> to say the least. A lot of high schools and colleges and things like that. But, yeah, so that's that's a big part of my training, too, is using that ball to make sure that, you know, I'm good to go as far as, like, fumbles. Because if you fumble the ball, then, you know, you're fumbling your money, too. So it's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, dang. So, I mean, so do they specialize in, like, you know, different position-specific technologies, like for D-linemen, for running backs, for wide receivers, or is it just, you know, because you, you said their footprint is with NFL, too, so that, that kind of makes me ask the question. Yeah. Well, so – Definitely the focus is running backs, um, but obviously other, you know, skill positions can use it as well because they, I mean, you still have to, if you're a receiver, you're still having to hold the ball correctly when you're running to, to score and things like that. But really the focus is, you know, the running backs. Gotcha. 
I imagine, uh, you know, the, with technology now, they're putting sensors and everything. You know, just think about what's in your phone. Uh, you know, once they start putting that kind of stuff in the, in the footballs, you know, you're going to be getting all sorts right. of data. That's that's really that's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, you know, last couple of questions here uh, before we went down. I know you got you got a lot lot uh, going on, a lot to train for. Um, I'm a big uh, pro wrestling fan, and uh, I, I noticed that what the WWE does now is they kind of go after uh, people like yourself that are that are all you know uh, you know into social media, have a good presence, or athletes. Has that something you've ever thought about getting into? Because you know it's like kind of showbiz and sports and you know contact all in one thing. Have they ever come after you, or you ever thought about that? Yeah, actually, they messaged me like four times about coming to like a, a tryout. Um, but I mean, because I've always been doing some type of other sport, I've never really put any thought into it. But who knows? Like maybe after football, that might be a, a road I travel. I don't know. Because um, I, I was actually a really, really big wrestling fan, you know, when I was like, younger. You know, I was like obsessed with wrestling, me and my twin brother. So. Um, it would be pretty cool, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like that's definitely an option, <laughs> but you know, I don't. I don't know. That's that's pretty cool. I think you should check it out. Just me saying, but it's funny. We we, we had a former guest on the show, Nick Cutler, professional wrestler and a friend of mine, and he uh, he actually went through the WWE Performance Center tryout, and he was telling me that um, it was like people from every corner of the world, all athletic backgrounds, and they just you know. They're looking for, you know, anybody that's uh, anybody that can, you know, run fast, jump high, do all this stuff. And it sounded like kind of like the like the X-Men getting together there. He had like, you know, uh, an Olympic hurdler and like, you know, a jujitsu fight. You know, it's like it's like you got all these oh, things all, so cool. all thrown together. It's, it sounds like a good time. So um, right. now uh what what are you doing to kind of keep your head, uh, you know, positive, you know, and, and, and keep your head in the clear with with all the uh, the shutdown blues and, you know, everybody's kind of staying at home and, and hanging out? What are you doing to, to stay positive? Well, I'm a very spiritual person, so, you know, definitely staying in prayer uh, for sure. Um, but just keeping keeping busy. I mean, because, I, you know, I work for myself, so my business still has to, you know, do, you know, do what it has to do to generate income and things like that. So, you know, I'm still working. Uh, honestly, a lot, besides obviously not being able to train and travel and things like that, but a lot hasn't changed because I've always kind of worked from home. So I'm still doing that, um, you know, but just continuing to still, you know, do that. And also um, doing as much as I can as far as staying active, um, and spending time with, with my family, which is, you know, I, I'm a very busy person, so I don't always get to do that. So being able to see my parents a lot and my, my brothers and things like that has been amazing. Um, so, yeah, just taking advantage of this time that we do have, because what I, what, I, what, what I've been trying to tell people, I feel like, you know, besides the, the obvious, you know, negative part of, you know, what's going on, I do think this is also kind of like a wake up call for people, you know, because it's like, I feel like the world is so busy. We're all so busy that we don't often get to stop and smell the flowers. And I feel like, you know, people are finally being like, oh, man, like the world is beautiful. Like I can go outside and enjoy being in the sun instead of like running back and forth from, you know, job to job, interview to interview, you know, game to game, whatever you're doing. Like we actually get to stop and spend time with nature and our families and things that actually matter. So I think that's yep. the good part of this, you know, despite all the craziness. But 
I think people are going to become, you know, a lot closer to their families and some of their friends or even men relationships because of this. So I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bittersweet thing that's happening right now, to be honest. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Daryl and I have been having that, Absolutely. having these conversations about, you know, the best way to maximize this time, you know, not only ourselves, but, you know, with in our relationships, like you're saying, and, um, I think that, you know, that is definitely the silver lining. So uh, looking forward to, to seeing how this all turns out. Um, so, Cynthia, tell us uh, where where can everybody uh, keep up with you on social media? I know you're killing it on Instagram. So uh, where's all your uh, stuff happening online? So, yeah, definitely Instagram, which is trackbaby001. Um, LinkedIn is Cynthia Deck. Twitter is Cynthia underscore Deck. Uh, Facebook is Queen of Abs, and my website is queenofabs.com. There you go. Keep it nice and simple. And, and guys, all those guys and gals listening, all those links will be below uh, in the show notes so you can check it out. And uh, we'll, we'll have it up on our Instagram as well. Uh, Santia, thank you so much for, for spending uh, some time thank on this you, on this afternoon with us. And uh, it was great, great getting to chat with you. And, we, and we'd love to have you back on anytime. And uh, stay healthy and stay safe getting uh, getting ready for, for football. And, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on it. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for having me. You guys definitely stay safe as well. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right.